Okay, let's roll. Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Loose. Welcome to another edition of Rural Routes, the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, Brandon Brancroft, Bancroft, we do it on Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between rural and urban America. I don't normally wear a T-shirt. In fact, I never wear a T-shirt. But when I do, it's for a good cause. And this happens to be not only a Red Shirt Friday, but I think everybody knows it's the day that forever changed the course of the world. September 11th. This happens to be 2020. Brandon Brancoff gave me this fab fabulous T-shirt yesterday. And I thought, you know, we just can't do this without the across the pond version. Andrew Henderson joining. So, you know, Andrew, we have to do this. It's tradition. Good afternoon, UK. Good morning, USA. And it's a very, very potent and very interesting day. Brandon, how are things in Bastrop, Texas? Things are good. Uh, we got a cold front in. I uh, think the high or the low last night was about 65, and so we're ready for it to thaw out today. <laughs> uh, that's actually a heat wave here, Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a cold Just shows here. you how different perspectives in the world, eh? Uh, yeah, yeah, so we got heaters going in the barn. Yeah. Goodness me. Goodness me. And I <laughs> drove eight hours yesterday. I'm still in Texas. I'm in Delhart, Texas. Uh, I've been in Texas for nearly two days. You know how big Texas is, Andrew? Uh, very big by the sounds of it. It's probably, <laughs> as, it's probably big, as big as the UK, I would imagine, somewhere around. Oh, I'm guessing we could put three UKs in Texas. Really? Well, I'm not going to argue with you, but I'll find out later on and tell you whether you're right or not. Uh, I'm going to work on finding out right now. But uh, first of all, thank you for your service to our country, Brandon. Uh, you're welcome. Thank you for the support. Uh, I, he gave me, me this too, because you save you Americans save us a couple of times as well. So same goes for me. <laughs> but there you go. Uh, I'm wearing this T-shirt because Brandon personally handed it to me yesterday. We met and did a little. Uh, merchandise swap in the parking lot of the Holiday Inn, and uh, this. Uh, tell me, tell us about this T-shirt. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of meaning that goes behind it. Uh, the T-shirt. Well, we can get back into 9/11, but the fire service uh, 9/11 means a lot for because we lost 343 firemen on that day that were rushing to the scene of that incident to go and uh, you know help save and and take care of uh the civilians there that were in the buildings and around but um so we always remember the day and red shirt friday of course i retired from the army in 2015 so red shirt friday means a lot uh you know it means we remember everyone deployed uh, my son was home for christmas leave uh this past winter and uh, New Year's Eve, we were planning to have a little gathering here at the house uh, with him, his wife, and the baby. And uh, he's in the uh, 82nd Airborne, which is uh, America's Guard of Honor, the All-American Paratroopers. And um, he got the phone call that they were uh, being called to uh, go take care and protect America. And he packed up, drove back to Fort Bragg, or flew back to Fort Bragg. Uh, they got on airplanes and headed over overseas and so uh we decided at the fire station we were gonna uh make some red shirt friday 
a T-shirt that's got our fire department logo on it, uh, which we're very proud of. It's got the airborne wings on the left shoulder, uh, which is for the paratroopers. And it's got the American flag on the right shoulder. And on the back, it's got the uh, RED, and underneath it, it says, Remember Everyone Deployed. So uh, we really we really love these shirts. Our whole fire department wears them every Friday. Wow. And now, and now we've got one in Nebraska. Not yet. Yeah. And it's still in Dalhart, Texas. Uh, but also – you're closer to Nebraska than me, I think. <laughs> uh, it's also <laughs> worth noting, in case people missed that, he left out that he is a uh, retired veteran, U.S. Army, right? Cool. Yes. And uh, deployed. That, retired in 2015. And some days on the fire service, he wishes he was deployed again instead of fighting fires in South Texas. But we can talk <laughs> about that later. We can. There's a good story that goes with that. <laughs> Uh, Andrew, I'm I'm confident that uh, the firefighters that were lost on that day, September 11th, is maybe one of the most commonly overlooked aspects of a day that forever shaped our minds and our world. Yeah, well, I, I think not many people uh, who were alive and and working that day don't remember exactly what they were doing that time of that day as well. So um, I remember exactly where I was, and uh, I've since been. Uh, to Ground Zero twice, actually. Um, the first time I went was not long after it had happened, but the second time was when they'd uh, built the new tower and um, um, and the and obviously the all, all the 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 aroma around it that it now has. It's an amazing place to go and visit. Um, so yeah, it's okay. a, t- a thing I'll never forget, and I think it's a big symbol of how uh, the free world reacted in a fantastic way to a terrible, terrible atrocity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that we have to do that, Brandon, because every conversation every year revolves around where I was and what I was doing, whoever you are. And uh, I was in Dodge City, Kansas, had just uh, come to breakfast, beginning about ready to do a radio broadcast, and uh, was watching the TV news, obviously, and saw the fire smoke coming out of the building. So where were you, Brandon? I was uh, in between. Um, I had a, my wife calls it a midlife crisis, and it was, uh, I was wanting to, I had wanted to go do a stint. I wanted to try to get up to Missoula, Montana and, and, and become a smoke jumper. And so I had um, left my left the comfort of my employment with a, a municipal fire department and went and did a season as a hotshot uh, wildland firefighter. Uh, and mm-hmm. and then uh, we found out that we were having another youngster and the uh, forest, the forest firefighting wasn't where we, uh, we wanted to go with it. So I was coming back trying to get in the municipal side of things again. And I was sitting in taking an exam uh, it, for a uh, city fire department, hoping I could get a job, and uh, the guy that was administering the exam walked in and and said, um, "Just so everyone knows," uh, and it was a timed exam. And he said, "Just so everyone knows, um, uh, a, a airplane just struck a, the World Trade Center in New York," and and I was just, we were all, you know, how do you refocus on the test and there was so much going on and uh, I couldn't get home fast enough. We were rushing, you know, I was rushing down the highway trying to call my wife and getting her on speakerphone and trying to figure out what was going on there. And, and uh, I then 
you know, I ended up getting a job and it was very shortly after, but, uh, after being in the fire service for about 10 years and I had, I was active duty in the army from, uh, 1989 to 1994, I couldn't get a uniform on fast enough and, 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 and try to get somewhere to do something. Um, Did your wife think there would have been better choices in your midlife crisis? <laughs> uh, no, she was 100% behind me. <laughs> As she apparently always is. Uh, but, Brandon, I got one question. How many times have you been to Ground Zero since 9-11? Uh, I haven't been one time. Uh, she's been uh, twice. I haven't got to go. Um, it's one of those things I get. I don't know. I just... Things like that really just get me, mm-hmm. and so I I try to avoid them. <laughs> I, I I've been there once, and it was still a hole in the ground with a, a plastic fence around it. And I I bring that up because here we are with a guy from all the way over in the UK, and he's been there more than us. Yeah, yeah. he's been there. He's been there numerous times. Well, twice. I've been there twice actually. That's yeah. great. Um. Yeah. So at that. And I will tell you where I was. I was at a place called Knockin, um, which is in North Wales. Uh, well, just outside North Wales in a place near Oswestry, Street in a pub having lunch. And all of a sudden it came on the news. And at first I remember thinking, is this real? Is this actually real? And then um, obviously it became very clear very quickly that it was real. Um, and that, that is where I'll, I'll never forget where I was. I'll never forget what I was doing. And I'll never forget the impact that it had on everybody in the UK. It was a moment where the world stopped, I think. I think that's the best way of describing it. That, um, mm-hmm. And that's when I, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about where I was that day. And listening to you as well, Brandon, because I've read many, many stories, fiction and non-fiction about that day. And um, it, it's... It's amazing how that ever, ever was allowed to take place and how those people conspired in that way. And it was a big wake-up call to the world, but maybe not a big enough wake-up call. I might add that. That's something uh, I'm seeing at the moment. I've got to add one other thing. It is a roll route on 9-11, our featured veteran and also current firefighter, Brandon Bancroft, joining us from Bastrop, Texas. The stand at Paxton County. Watch it on Netflix. Just a little plug. It talks about a whole nother challenge. The animal rights folks who want to take animals away from us. It's going to be on there for quite some time, but watch it when you get a chance. The stand at Paxton County. We'll be back with a second segment overall route right after this. Okay, let's roll. Welcome back to Roll Route. Trent Loose alongside. Andrew Henderson, who was absolutely silent during the break. I don't I don't think that's ever happened before. Brandon. Brand Bancroft joining us from Texas. Uh before we get back into uh where we were, what we're doing and the impact that it made forever, the UK is ninety eight thousand square miles. All right. Texas is 268,000 square miles. Wow. Wow, that's, uh, that's incredible. How many people live in Texas? Do you mind me asking? Yeah, too many. <laughs> too many. Have you counted them all? Uh, I'm, Brandon, can you guess or do you want me to look it up? 
<laughs> not, I don't get me to lie. I, I agree with him too many. <laughs> 30 million. 30 million. 30. So it's in an area virtually three times bigger than the UK, mm. and it has half the amount of people. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so Ed Strathman, our loyal friend, he uh, posted something here that I wanted to share because I mentioned at the moment that morning I was in Dodge City, Kansas. Obviously, the broadcast went awry, and I left Dodge City, Kansas, and drove to Grand Island, Nebraska, to Husker Harvest Days. That's exactly where Ed Strathman was that day. I bet it would be interesting to find out how many people who now reflect back upon September 11th, September 12th, find out they were in the same spot and didn't even know it. And I remember, I so clearly remember the conversation I had that September the 12th, it was with a fantastic gentleman from Nebraska, uh, Willard Waldo is his name. He's a legend in agriculture and a World War II veteran. And I was talking to him and ultimately put him on the radio because he said that morning, he said, Trent, this is just like December 7th, 1941. I'll never forget that day. And I'll never forget the feeling of yesterday which that we were talking on September 12th, he said, it's a parallel to what happened that day we were bombed at Pearl Harbor. Mm, that's, that, that's, um, that doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. Um, because when we've had atrocities like the Manchester um, right. concert bombing, exactly the same thing. It's um, not quite as, as, uh, as, uh, world breaking as the as the nine eleven incident, but certainly those those episodes really do resonate with everybody. They really do. It's a mm, it's a very difficult thing to understand how your everybody seems to know that this is very significant. But uh, you know, it's a, it's interesting because you know when you look at the parallels of you know World War um, World War Two, Pearl Harbor, nine uh, eleven. There are some very significant uh, things that change the world for the good. And I remember the second time I went back, I went with my wife and my daughter and her boyfriend. Uh, once the uh, the new World Trade Center was built, uh, to go and pay my respects at Ground Zero, and um, there was we did a what they call a, a a walking tour of the center of New York, Brandon, and we walked past the fire station where. Uh, the main uh, group of firemen went to the rescue um, uh, on that day. And we had, you know, various other things. It was a great experience to actually walk around that area with somebody who was there or around that area on that day. And, you know, the thing that really um, resonated to me from that trip, and it's only, I'm only talking three, three and a half years ago, was the pride that the person had that was taking us around, not only about how New York had uh, responded to uh, that terrible event, but what New York had done since that terrible event. Right. And I think, uh, hopefully you're not going to disagree with me, but uh, the last 12 months have almost undone all that good in so many ways for me. When I see how the COVID outbreak and how that has affected the way that city is being run at the moment. Also, the same thing is happening in our own city in London, by the way. I don't know whether you know that, that 
you know, crime, um, dysfunction. It's just rife at the moment. So, you know, we must think about all the good that ended up coming from 9-11. I know it will never replace those people that were lost. But look at what's happening now, which to me seems to be the total opposite of what good came out of that terrible, terrible event. I agree. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, What's your... It just kicked me off. It says the host is not online. Please wait for host or come back later. You're on. You're online with me. I can tell okay. you you are. All right. It's uh, well. I was just watching on uh, TV while I was waiting on. Uh, he said he just lost the internet. He's trying to reboot. But uh, I was just watching on the internet on TV, and it had uh, Giuliani on there, and. You know, he had some very good points uh, up until what you just said, uh, you know, this the, until the whole COVID thing happened. And then, oh, of course, we've got this huge uh, uprising and this hatred towards, uh, you know, prior to this. Uh, and I can speak for, you know, the fire station every year. Um, you know, we always talk and, and we, we try to preach and tell never forget. Uh, we, we try to make sure that, you know, uh, the young ones, we're, we're trying to instill in the classes that, you know, the young ones need to remember uh, these heroes that paved the way, and uh, as we've been talking about. And uh, and then, uh, you know, Giuliani had a great point. He was like, you know, it's like everything that we've done good is gone. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping it's not gone for good, but that's I'm, definitely... That's definitely where I am on this. I, I, I'm seeing the opposite happen of all the good that came out of that right now. And and um, I, I was hoping you'd you'd agree with me. And it's it, you know, it, it still comes across to me as to be um, people should think back very very hard, very very hard about that day. What great came out? Of it. Not only here, but the great that came out of it in in. Um, in London too, it actually had a very positive effect on, I'm sure on other major cities as well, because it brought major cities together. But right here, right now, that work has been virtually undone. And I'm trying to reach out to all Americans from my perspective. We're watching you from the UK. You're having a very detrimental effect to our country at the moment. And that certainly can't be your president's fault. It's to do with some of the movements in your country that's causing that problem. Um, (laughs) We're we're seeing anarchy, rioting and looting for absolutely no reason at all. I mean, when you think of some of the causes, and I'll say this, you're a veteran, you've protected people, both as a fireman and as 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 a military personnel. You're there to use that weapon or that power as a last resort. What's happening at the moment is we're seeing people encouraging people to use those weapons, whether they be guns or knives, by the way, because we've got as many homicides in London through knifing that you get through guns at the moment. Yeah, or sticks. And it's all to... Pardon? Or sticks, yeah. anything. They're using anything they can find. Yeah, and, and this is a very good day to just look at... I'm going to say People in New York, watch out, because people ain't going to come back to your city until you've sorted out your crime. And, <laughs> yeah, and that's sure. the same. 
And that's the same with London. Nobody, I don't want to go to London unless I'm forced because there's no law and order. The minute you get rid of law and order, you get anarchy, rioting, looting, and you break down society and cause the very thing you think you stand for, which is racism. You cause it. It's it's definitely depressing watching it all. It's not about racism, though, Andrew. You know it's about a few people trying to maintain control of the entire world. That's what it's about. It is, but it's causing racism. Yeah, it the, is. the mechanism is causing racism because it's being used as a mechanism. Um, it's firing up people that, you know, we've got the um, a Formula One driver that's won the Formula One World Championship six times. He is probably one of the richest men on planet Earth, has everything he could ever want. And he is championing this cause. Mm-hmm. It's just unbelievable. I, that's what I don't understand about this. All of the professional athletes that, uh, well, I saw a report yesterday the Kansas City Chiefs were booed in their own stadium. We're going to take a break. Uh, Lone Creek, Cal- I'm, it's apparent I'm not really needed here other than to fill in the gaps during the break. It, it, yeah, I think I missed back. a fact, fantastic conversation as Brandon's going to get more coffee. I'll remind you, Lone Creek Cattle Company provides you the opportunity to be a part of a branded beef system. This is about supplying an exact niche or, as Andrew would say, new markets. It's all about tenderness and what the Piedmontese cattle possess in terms of the myostatin gene guaranteeing a tender beef eating experience. You as a cattleman get paid very well for what it is that you produce. And that's the bottom line. How does a producer get closer to the consumer? Lone Creek has made that happen. LoneCreekCattleCo.com, certified Piedmontese. Second half of Rollout on 9-11-2020 after this. Okay, let's roll. Welcome back to Rollout segment three. Andrew, I've said that three times. Are you not going to ask me? Why I'm being redundant? Do you know why I'm being redundant? Okay, let's roll. No, I don't have no idea why. Why? On flight 93, Todd Beamer was on a phone call with uh, the GTE switchboard. Back in the day when they had those phones in the seat, Todd Beamer, I believe he was 35 years old, had called and explained to the, the dispatcher what was happening on the plane. And there was a group of four gentlemen that had orchestrated an effort to regain the plane so that it did not fly back to Washington, D.C. and crash into the Capitol. And the last thing that operator heard, I believe her name's Lisa Jefferson, the last thing that she heard was, okay, let's roll. Todd Beamer. There's a lot of wows when you sit and think of about you know, Brandon started this program, I think, so perfectly talking about the three three hundred fifty three firefighters, Brandon. Three forty three. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we have what did you do? of our fire trucks. Um uh, I have a I have a brotherhood uh tattoo that I wear every day on my back and I have nine one one oh one in one of the Maltese crosses and then in the other one it's got three forty three on it. Mm-hmm. Pretty meaningful to us. Yeah. Yeah. You were a firefighter even before you joined the service? I was a volunteer firefighter in high school in the mid to mid eighties 
and then um, somewhat second generation, my uncle uh, was a firefighter uh, for a suburb of Dallas and kind of talked to him, asked him, you know, what's my best route to get in the business? I was young and dumb. He told me, if you go uh, and join the military, you get five extra points on civil service exams. And so uh, at 17 years old, graduated high school, walked into the recruiter's office, told him I wanted to jump out of airplanes and shoot guns, and they had the perfect job for me. Sent me straight to uh, airborne school, and off we went. So the story goes. And you were deployed twice? I went to Desert Storm with 3rd of the 325, and, which was an Airborne Battalion combat team in Vicenza, Italy. And then I came, uh, got back to the 82nd in Fort Bragg, North Carolina, got out of the military in 94, uh, joined the fire service, started working uh, for the fire department. And then uh, after 9-11, I went back into the Army joined the army and uh uh so and then retired in 2015 i went to afghanistan in uh 2011 for 400 days with an engineer battalion and we uh had a good time although it was funny you had said that uh was ready for a vacation for the army from the fire service and and back and forth that's a true story trent uh I don't know if you know, in 2011, we just uh, had a, our, uh, we just had an anniversary, Labor Day 2011, uh, Bastrop had one of Texas's uh, largest wildfires. And a few hours, we, ha- we had a cold front blow in with some 40-something mile an hour winds out of the north. We were already in a drought. Uh, we had over 30,000 acres, almost 2,000 homes. Uh, and we were out on that for probably three plus weeks, uh, fighting that thing, mopping it up. So it was true because, uh, after that was over, I turned in my radio and grabbed my bags and my army unit went to Kandahar, Afghanistan for 400 days. And so I left here after one of Texas's largest wildfires, went to uh, Afghanistan 400 days. I could not get back in the fire truck at the fire station soon enough. I couldn't leave to get out of here. And I couldn't get back. So, yeah, that, that, that was a, a true story. Well, Andy, my, um, my, my eldest daughter's uh, uh, boyfriend, he, um, he was in, in Afghanistan as well. And he tells some uh, truly amazing stories about his time in the rifles from the UK Army um, and not least how cold it can be and how hot it can be in one country. It's uh, quite a phenomenal place. If you were there 400 days, you'd have you'd have seen real cold then, <laughs> wouldn't you? Kandahar, yeah, Kandahar reminded me a lot of Texas. So, you know, it was, it was oh. hot in the summertime and then you, you, it just goes from one extreme to the next. It's... Yeah. Uh, you know, we'd have snow and rain, then it'd be sunny. It's, but it kind of, you know, that's how it is here. I mean, we could be freezing tonight and, and 85 degrees tomorrow. Freezing as in actually 32. You do live in South Texas. You know that, right? No, six, I told you 66 <laughs> was freezing. 
how many discussions have taken place in your house in the last couple of weeks, Brandon, about uh, you need to go west? Are you getting itchy to go help fight fires in the west? Uh, we just had one yesterday. I would love to go west, but I have so many irons in the fire here. I can't see. Unintended. To... Yeah. <laughs> uh, irons in the fire. Uh, I don't know if people are getting the real story, Andrew, but this this fire that is consuming California, Colorado, Oregon, it's historic. I mean, there's, there are things happening that have never happened with fires. Our, um, our mainstream media, which you know I don't have a lot of time for, are, are banging on about Biden telling us all it's about climate control. I saw um, that well, well, the thing is, well, he's sort of saying that because he, he gets mixed up with the words when he's trying to say it. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day... Um, I think it's really sad because we've we've covered this before, Brandon, and I have Trent's put, put some very eloquent people who actually live in California explaining that the problem is actually historical and it's it's basically management that's the problem of the land and laws that have been made in that state. Um, it's nothing to do with climate control. And, and to be fair, that message isn't getting anywhere in the UK and it's very sad because once again, we're going to start making decisions that affect the future that are wrong. There you go. Are you saying that what what's good for management isn't or good for everyone else? Like the uh, hair appointment? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, um, <laughs> you, now you're really getting on to me onto a subject. Of, um, no, it, what, I didn't mean to. Yeah. Did yeah. You? Yeah, we um, don't talk. We don't talk about her on this. Am program. I allowed to tell a joke while I'm online? It depends. Later, so. It depends on there's if a, one of seven words is included in this joke. Then no, no, there's no rude words. Okay, and, okay. I was going to say that uh, as of Monday, the latest thing to come out of our government. Now you're going to go, oh no, but hang on. Just let me just say is that we're only allowed to meet in groups of six. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> look at Trent's face already. That, it's the only thing that turns his moustache upwards, I'll tell you. So, yeah. anyway, um, sorry, I'm going to, I've just lost you there. Just let, I'll be back. So, anyway, what happened is that we're, we're only allowed to meet in, in groups of six. And the reason is that it's, in my opinion, it's common sense. The, the virus is starting to spread a bit in the UK. It's not killing many people, but it's spreading. So, the government are just trying to reduce the infection rate so that our, health service can cope with it. That's how I'd explain it to you. That That's the truth of the matter. So it makes sense to me. It's just use your common sense. But anyway, um, it showed a picture of Snow White and the seven dwarfs on, a, on the internet the other day. And Sm- Snow White is actually saying, as from Monday, Monday two of you have to leave. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> and one was called Sleepy Joe. Yeah. <laughs> and the other one was King Hindsight King, and that's one of the politicians here because our opposition politician to Boris, he's he's always telling you the right thing after the events happen. He's one of those complete no Joes or whatever they whatever Trent has a name for them, but he you know he's he's always he always tells you what should have happened when the horse is past the winning line. That's that's the type of individual. So there was. King Hindsight, or, or Dopey, as we would call him, and Sleepy Joe. And 
and it said that uh, that uh, Snow White was saying that they'd both have to go and li- live with the nasty Queen Pelosi. So there you go. <laughs> uh, so it's been very interesting for me once again this week, traveling, going in um, gas stations on a regular interval, because I think I'm at right 1,600 miles since I left home. Down I-35 in the main corridor of population of Texas, everybody in the gas stations are all masked up and they're just, you can do like wide-eyed. You get over into the panhandle of Texas, there's no signs about masks. There's no people wearing masks. I even saw a person south of Fort Worth driving in a car by herself. Yeah, wearing a mask. (laughs) What did you miss? She's trying to make sure she doesn't catch it from herself. Yeah, yeah, it's everywhere. What does she not get about? And I saw multiple people wearing masks in their vehicle. I just wanted to open the window and say, Joe wears a mask. He needs to wear a mask. mask. Everybody, if Joe wears a mask, everybody wears a mask. Yeah, and I did. I did see my first Biden. Uh, what's her name? Harris campaign sign. I've driven in awesome. 14 states in the last three weeks, and I just saw my first Biden Harris. Yeah, sign. but they're the silent majority, maybe. That's the problem. Uh, no, that's the thing that worries me. Yeah, there's 22 of them that are crooked and they're trying to figure out how to get all their mail in ballot well, stuff before the time. Well, uh, I'm telling you, I'm worried about it because if she, Nancy Pelosi's already said to the UK, that because we are being very, very um, hard, we're playing hardball with the European Union, she says that the Democrats will put us at the back of a queue for a trade deal. Once again, making sure that America loses loads of jobs. Brilliant, Nancy. Well, a great person you are. Yeah, her brother-in-law won't lose any jobs. He'll get privilege and special press press or uh, privileges because he gets all of her deals. We have to take a break. We will get back to the real reason and leave those individuals alone. The real reason that we are here with a veteran, Brandon Bancroft, is to remember 9-11, never forget, and uh, celebrate those who say, okay, let's roll. Before I let you go in this segment, I want to remind you that Neogen provides the opportunity to look inside of the genetics that you have in your animals. Maybe your pet chicken, you want to know what its propensity is for growing a bigger wing so you have more chicken wings. I don't know. Whatever the alleo that you might be interested in, Neogen and the iGenergy test can make that happen. That's what we use with our Piedmontese cattle. That's what you can use for meat quality, for performance traits. And in the beef business, the most valuable part probably is stability in those daughters. It's all happening from Neogen. More details can be found on the web. Neogen.com, the last segment of Roll Route. Right after this. Welcome back to Rural Route. Trent Lewis alongside Andrew Henderson joining us on a Friday because of the significance of it. Brandon Bancroft joining us from Bastrop, Bastrop Texas. Uh, Brandon, it is pretty interesting how Andrew has the in-depth knowledge of that day and the same feel that we had. And this is why we invited you on, Andrew, just to see, to get somebody else's perspective. But look, Andrew knows more about what is causing the severity of the fires in the West than people in the state capital in Sacramento, California. So we didn't really pick a random person. We got somebody with knowledge, Brandon. So I think we need to get. Could you go out on the streets, Andrew, and find some random person that we can ask about 9 11? 
What now? <laughs> Do you want me to go and do it now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what now? <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, I did, I did want to say something, but that you would get a very similar story from uh, most people, whether no matter what their politics, actually in the UK, because it it is something I don't think I don't think I've ever discussed it with somebody who didn't tell me what they were doing really? on that particular day. Yeah. So it was. Um, look, I don't think. Americans realise how much the bond is between the UK and the uh, American people at people level. There right. is a huge, right. huge bond. You got that when you were here, didn't I you, did. Jen? You Absolutely. Can, you could feel that. Um, and then, you know, the only people that may well have a different view is the people that have never been to America. And that's the interesting thing. Once you've been to America, it, the kindred spirit is there from the minute you meet people in America. And I, I've been very fortunate to be, to go north, south, east and west. And, um, you know, I've, I've loved every minute of visiting your great country. And I also can see when I've had visitors here mm -hmm. from the US that the same feeling goes both ways. It's, it, it's very obvious. And that's something that makes me realise that um, your respect for your veterans is the same as our respect for our veterans um, uh, our and the feeling of freedom. And what I'm worried about, and I am worried about this, and it's not racist, is that maybe some of our cities are are losing that cultural um, bonding with their country. That is something that really worries me, that we are losing a cultural, a cultural bonding with the past and a positive future. We all know that there's skeletons in the cupboards, but there is in every nation, in every world. It's about making it a better world in the future. Simple. Um, I think we dropped the ball there. Um personally is because here we are 19 years later we're starting to get kids in the streets or well currently kids in the streets and i'm getting them at the fire stations and we're getting them in the military now that weren't alive when 9-11 happened and so i think that you know as an educator if we get the chance um you know, in fire academies, and that's why we put it on our back of our fire truck. So that new guy or girl comes in and, and looks and asks, because it's not, there's not a whole lot about it in our textbooks, um, you know, that, that when we're teaching uh, at rookie schools, recruit classes. And so it's, I think it's, it's kind of what I put it to that. It's kind of what we're experiencing now. We're seeing the, uh, the youngsters that are growing up that aren't, weren't here, weren't a part of it, or, you know, maybe we've dropped the ball. And so that's why we try to make sure we stress it and, and emphasize it. And sadly enough, we usually, I wouldn't be here right now. I'd be at the fire station. We have a, a, a huge gathering on 9-11. Uh, the local grocery store sends employees out and they cook us breakfast. They bring a bunch of food. It's called HEB. It's like a Kroger or anything else. They, they, the, even the uh, store manager uh, comes to the station. They cook. And this year, because of COVID, uh, we, we just, we have to, our main focus at the fire station is, is serving the public and answering, you know, emergency incidents. And uh, we just can't have them pile in like before uh, because, you know, everyone's still kind of scared or, or unknown of what's going on. But I think that's, a lot of the problems these days is maybe maybe we missed the boat on on telling these kids uh, you know about it and how great you know the day after watching the world and everyone come together was and and here we are. <laughs> well, what's it like recruiting new firefighters today, Brandon? Is it tough? 
Yeah, it is tough. It's it's very tough. You know, um, even ten years ago, you had a bunch of folks uh, that would that would love to do it on their day off, uh, called volunteers. Seventy five percent of the fire service is volunteer firefighters, but uh, nationwide, seventy five percent are volunteers. Yes, and and even nowadays, you know, trying to get someone that can has time to come up and. And commit. I mean, that's time I could go get a second job or or do stuff. Uh, it's just, I don't know. It's something that's that sense of wanting to give is just seems like you know, or or do good. I don't know what it is. If I if I knew, I would be a very rich man. I could write a book about it, and we would all be fishing offshore. That's a uh, great message from Missy Maria, isn't it? It Maybe is. That's what we should do. It is what she just inspired us to do. Yes. Let's relive the world from September the 12th and the world will be a better place. That's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I, and that's a good good thing to talk well, about. Well, obviously she was inspired by Brandon, but uh, just to give Brandon's uh, inspirational level, this lady has never commented on a live broadcast until this moment. And her name is Kelly Luce. So you, you've inspired my better half, Brandon, to, to get engaged not that she doesn't engage. It's just that she's never been inspired to comment on here. So that's all on you. Also, well, I heard it's just you keep it working all the time. Well, that is a true story. She also, <laughs> uh, back here a little bit, said that she can't do chores because it's pouring down rain. So, yeah, that's, that is a true story. I figured she was getting the trailer loaded up and some more pigs. <laughs> <laughs> you got this figured out. She just loaded the trailer and said, go somewhere. Yep. Yeah. Get back here and get that trailer back yeah. to Texas. People are beating yeah. my phone up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So we have five minutes. Brandon, where do we go? What do people need to most know about 19 years ago? Love the ones you have around you. You don't know um, when they're not going to be here. Uh, I just think back of how many people that day affected, you know, 2,997, uh, 343 firemen. Uh, I know it was 60-something police officers, uh, a bunch of paramedic EMTs. Uh, how many of those folks got on those planes, put their uniforms on, uh, went to work, and uh, they didn't come out? Mm. And then how many of the folks that couldn't, like, you know, couldn't get to ground zero fast enough to help or now have cancer and things. So, I mean, you know, I think if we could, if we could cherish and, and instill that in our kids and, 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 and truly, you know, lead by example, I think maybe a lot of this uh, stupidity that's going on in the streets and this police bashing and defunding and all this mess, uh, uh, you know, which six months ago, uh, the, or this time last year, they were getting cakes and brownies and pies, and, and now they don't know if they're going to have jobs because of some politician that's wanting to make a statement. Uh, I was going to say that. Yeah. I was going to say that. Before the, the campaign for BLM started, I, I, I'm asking you as Americans, at what point did um, the the Democrat Party start to tell everybody, and I'm being facetious now, but you'll understand what I'm trying to get to, at what point did they start telling um, or trying to encourage people from the black uh, um, side of the of, of your population that that race relations were not improving because I can't remember anybody making that point until somebody thought of this as a as some globalist way of um, of uh, of causing riots and anarchy. When, when did it actually happen? 
It's not new, Andrew. Uh, we've had outside interest. I, I remember my first awareness, and I want Brandon to weigh in on this. I'm going to talk very briefly. Ferguson, Missouri, it, it came to the forefront. And as President Barack Obama went there and basically incited individuals to do more chaos and destruction on the streets. And then we all learned that George Soros had invested a million dollars in this rioting in Ferguson, Missouri. I personally went to an event in North Dakota that was about uh, supposedly the Indians standing up against the pipeline. That, too, was inspired and funded by out-of-country out interest. So it's not something new. It's just that people have figured out how to be create division within our ranks. Brandon, you want to comment on that? Uh, yeah, you're absolutely correct. Uh, nothing makes me, uh, you know, more upset to my stomach than seeing these folks that think their opinions. I mean, in every, I'm, I'm a firm believer of our rights. And, uh, you know, I think everyone has an opinion and, and can have it. But I, these folks that think that they're so high and mighty because they're on the TV screens or whatnot that are creating GoFundMes to get these uh, idiots out of jail uh, that are out here creating all this mayhem, um, you know, to post bonds and things like that. Uh, it, it, it's definitely internally driven, uh, you know, how or why. I, I feel like well, all of it should be against the law. Brandon, do you realize that, you know, we've spent four years, we, we democratically voted to leave the European Union. Do you realize it's the same man, George Soros, that funded the people that voted not to leave the European Union to try and make us stop leaving? It's the same man. Okay? <laughs> wow. Exactly the same man. And he actually funded flags for them and paid for demonstrators to be at our parliament. The same man that you just described. And I want to just tell you both something that I'll never forget. And this is why I know that this is completely made up. When I went to New York three and a half years ago, I stayed, my wife and I stayed in a Airbnb in Harlem. Okay. And we were the only white people in Harlem. And I'll be honest, I was scared. Okay. And I, and I was the only one, my, my, my children and my wife, they were saying, oh, don't worry, they're, they're, everybody will be lovely. We were near the, where, they, where the Jackson 5 used to play. And I knew I, by the, by the theater there. And I knew the area. I'd seen it on TV. But, you know, I was really scared because everywhere I went, I knew I, I'd never experienced. I was the only white person. Those people in, the, in that day treated me and my family with so much respect, care, love, whatever you want to call it. We went into restaurants and I suddenly didn't feel scared mm -hmm. but you know what i would be very scared today very scared why is america allowed that to happen <laughs> yeah we're, we're about to have an election <laughs> i guess it's politically driven it's horrible i don't know yeah, uh, i've got good friends that are police officers and you know they're they're proud of what they do and i'm proud of what they do and it just kills me to to you know to see them to even see them on TV that someone thinks that they could, and I don't say that every every police officer. Yeah, hey, there's okay. bad people in every part of the world. We know that. Everybody knows that. Yeah, there's extremes it. both ways. But I just, yeah. I just can't yeah. believe how someone thinks that they could just put their hands on a police officer just because, you know, they feel because like he's there to protect and serve. That's, that's yeah. what he's doing. And don't, and don't get me wrong. The same thing is happening here. It's not yeah. just you in your country. It's happening here as well. You know, please understand, exactly the same issue has now spread here. It's it's spreading quicker than the virus. It's more deadly than the virus. Because well. It is more deadly, but we're up two minutes over. This could continue for two hours. Thank you, Brandon. Yeah. Make sure that everybody here that sh shares the same appreciation that we do 
says thank you to someone today, someone in your life that makes it better, and never forget. Okay, let's roll. Thanks, Brandon. We've journeyed down the road, connecting rural and urban America. All three of us remind you that all roads do lead to a roll route.